Baseball fans, welcome to Try Easier, the baseball podcast hosted by Twitter's one and only at Blue Jays Dad. For years, Blue Jays Dad has been a mainstay in the baseball Twitterverse. Live tweeting and hot taking the ups and downs of Canada's team while remaining engaging and, for the most part, friendly to fans of the opposition. The jump from the tweeted word to the spoken word is a courageous leap baseball's internet dad is willing to take for the good of the game. And now, the host of the Try Easier podcast, Blue Jays Dad. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blue Jays Dad Try Easier podcast. This is at Blue Jays Dad, and remember, you can follow me on the Twitter at Blue Jays Dad, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all those types of things. And today I have a very special guest with me as the Blue Jays just lost their sixth game in the in a row, and they are on their way to New York to face the Yankees for three in the Bronx. I have with me today special guest, Emily Nyman. Emily Nyman, welcome to the Try Easier podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Well, Emily, I right off the bat, I just think I need a, a therapy session right here. Uh, there's a lot of sadness that I'm going through a lot of frustration, questions about the manager of my team. Uh, Emily, I noticed you did at least one tweet today about uh, Vladdy's home run and exit velocity and all that, uh, his uh, major league leading 15th home run uh, and uh, or 14th and 15th he hit today. Just tell me, what, what, what do I make of all this? What do I make of the Toronto Blue Jays, Emily? I mean, to be in the Blue Jays' defense, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Hopefully, it's mostly Blue Jay fans and not Yankee fans that listen to this podcast. But in their defense, this is shaping up to be the toughest division in the league, which is actually surprising. So I think that as the season goes on, it's going to be the Blue Jays, Yankees, and the Rays sort of battling it out because the Blue Jays are, are good enough this year that I don't think that there's going to be a point where all of a sudden there's this huge gap between the three teams, as there has been in the past. Okay, so give me your take on this. The Blue Jays' manager, Charlie Montoya, do we need to let him go? Are What's your perspective when it comes to teams that are struggling in relationship to their manager? Because a lot of people will say, well, the manager isn't going out there making the plays and walking in runs batter after batter. Um, what's your take on the struggles of a ball club in relation to the manager? And is it time for Charlie to hit the road? I think that... Uh, it really depends on what seems to be at the center of the struggle. If if a team that's built to to win more than they have been, and a lot of the mistakes seem to be lineup construction or you know uh, late game decisions, if that's what's happening and that's what you feel is, is making the Blue Jays sort of fall back out of pace, then yeah, I would say that maybe time for a regime change of sorts within the Blue Jays organization. But if it's because you know, the starting pitching just isn't as good as you guys thought it was going to be, or your bullpen is a little weak, or, or some sort of combination of that, or the players just aren't playing to their potential yet, because 2020 was a very odd year for all of us, and not much baseball was played, so that's why we're seeing such a rush of injuries and, and the like. So if, if it's a stuff like that, I think that he should keep his job, because getting rid of the manager 
can upset the apple cart even more, especially if that's not really at the root of all of the team's issues at the time. And that is just done to save face for the fans and just sort of a, a, a thing that fans want to see the team take action on for no reason besides just taking action because they want change. I love taking action for no reason. That's one of my favorite things. Don't we all? But, but, but I'll, I'll just ask you this one last question about my team before we get to you and your team. But um, what, what do you think? Is it important for a manager to get tossed out of a game to go out there and defend his players? I know there's the old uh, 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 cliche of lighting a fire under his ball club. But what about when the calls are just so bad? that uh, whether it's ball strikes, whatever it is, does the manager have a responsibility to get out there and to, you know, kick up some dirt uh, in those situations? Or should Charlie just continue and show more optimism for his team than a T-ball coach does? Uh, you know, it's, it's tough because I, sometimes at times Aaron Boone can be this way too, where and I'm not one for the, the manager should be out there and in the umpire's face after every single play. I'm not that person, that fan rather. So, but there have been times where I'm like, oh, I feel like Boone should be in this guy's face right now. Like for him to not say anything strange to me. But in this year, we where we are seeing, we have more resources than ever to see the true strike zone. That we have the K zone, we have the 3D K zone, and that every regional network seems to be able to show where the strikes are. And the umpires also on top of that seem to be slow to start as well, just like the players. I think that a lot of managers are keeping that in mind, that when the volume is there across the league for poor umpiring, I feel like you have to pick your battles, I think. And, and uh, I, I really do believe that it's a case-to-case basis, that in a game, if there's a specific time that you're thinking of, then it very well may have been that, hey, this guy should have gotten out there. But across the board, I don't know if that's the move in 2021 at this point in the season anyway. I think that the players are slow to start, and I think that the teams know that, listen, if, if all of these players are this slow to start, then maybe we should be a little bit easier on the umpires because maybe they are slow to start as well. But there is a time and a place for a manager to get out into the face of an umpire, a close game or against a rival, late innings, and things of that nature. Well, in the Blue Jays situation, what's going on right now is that it seems it's the pitching coach, Pete Walker. He's the one barking and sticking up for his players. And it just to me, it looks a little lopsided. Pete Walker's been the Blue Jays pitching coach for many years. He's the longest standing member of the coaching staff. Um, and uh, he just seems uh, for me to, to be bringing it up uh, to the umpires in a way that uh, Charlie is not at this time. So anyway, Emily, thank you for just helping me process a little bit of that. I had to just get a bit of that off my chest as the Blue Jays have dropped six in a row after, you know, kind of threatening to to jump in the first place a little bit. So now we head to New York to face the Yankees. Um, Emily, before we start talking about the Yankees, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the co-host of the Breaking Balls podcast Tell us a little bit about your podcast and your passion for the game. My podcast is, we, we cover, I'm, I'm a big Yankees fan. My co-host, John, who is also my cousin, he's a Mets fan. So we, we mostly cover Yankees, Mets, AL East, NL East, and, and we try to go out into other 
uh, stories around baseball. So we try to touch on everything. We we try to talk about uh, different statistics, analytics. We're funny. The, the show is just really, really awesome. Our producer is amazing. He has amazing beds under uh, all of our tracks and just has awesome inserts when we make pop culture references. It's just The show is a lot of fun, and we have a lot of passion and a lot of fun while we're in the process of, of making the shows and our production meetings. So it really comes out in our product. And I think anyone listening, even if you're a Blue Jays fan, you'll enjoy it. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not a Yankee homer. You, if you listen, you'll realize that I'm a little hard on the Yankees. And my passion comes from, um, I've been, I played softball since I was seven years old. I played through college and it's just the sport, softball and, and baseball that they just, they come naturally to me. I have a, uh, an inherent just understanding of the game. And it's just always a place where I felt 100% sure that I was in the right place at the right time, whenever I've been standing on a diamond and whenever I'm talking about baseball or researching it. So I've just decided to follow that passion. I mean, 2020's lockdown gave me the uh, opportunity and the time to do so. Excellent. Well, everybody, um, I, I do recommend you subscribe to the breaking balls podcast available wherever you get your podcast and follow Emily on the Twitter, especially this week as the Blue Jays are facing the Yankees. It's M. She does it. M as in E M M. She does it. Emily Nyman. You can follow her, Emily. I think you out of everybody I follow on Twitter, watch the most baseball I've ever seen somebody watch except for my mom. (laughs) Yeah. I mean the best thing and maybe the worst, the best thing that's ever happened to me and the worst thing that's ever happened to my social life is MLB TV because I literally watch baseball from the minute I get home until usually the last West Coast game is over and the weekends forget about it. I'm watching from 1 p.m. until, you know, 1 a.m. It's just, I, after, especially after 2020 and we saw that this thing that was always here and, and we thought would never change was taken away, I'm not taking that for granted ever, ever again. So I will watch as much baseball as I possibly can between the months of February and November. That's fantastic. I got a question for you, a little off the script here, but since you mentioned that you did play softball since the age of of seven and all the way through college, um, this is maybe a little controversial type of question here, but do you believe that because you played the game, that gives you a better perspective as a fan of the game? Um. That's a, that's a great question and a tough one. Um, I, my knee-jerk reaction is to say yes, but I've, I know plenty of people that played the game and, and played the game at higher levels than I did that I feel don't really have a, a great view of the game. They can play it, but they can't really analyze it, and they can't really disseminate any information about it to other people. So, yes, it definitely does. Uh, I think it, it gives me the perspective that I – understand how difficult a lot of these uh, routine, quote-unquote, things look, especially, I don't know, at the pro level, but these guys make it look easy. So because of that, fans at home lose the perspective of how difficult these things really are, and I'm not trying to imply that I've played at even anywhere close to that level and can speak on that level specifically, but I think that because I've played at a lower level and realized and know how difficult it is, despite I was a very good, excuse me, a very good athlete, very good player, I think that that gives me perspective that um, maybe fans that never played the game or only played at Little League, just they may not have. Though analytics is really helping fans gain perspective that they may not have gotten, excuse me, 
as they were in their playing days or even if they didn't play, that it, it's, it's peeling back layers and helping us understand the nuances of the game that's never been available to your average fan ever before. So anyone listening, I, I highly suggest um, getting into analytics because it'll help deepen your understanding. Yeah, what a time to be alive with uh, being a baseball fan with analytics and Twitter. It's pretty amazing what oh for sure uh, what we're able to do in in real time and really you can't go without uh, you know if you say something on Twitter you're going to hear about it if someone disagrees with you or maybe you don't have uh, you're not taking everything into account and it's just such a uh, an exciting entertaining also an, a very accountable time being a being a uh, baseball fan in public these days Emily uh, I'm really really down. I don't know if, you, if you've noticed, but I'm very down about the Blue Jays' six-game losing streak, and uh, I don't know if you've noticed on my Twitter, but I've been quote-tweeting myself, I think, maybe six games in a row now. Uh, the Blue Jays lose another very winnable game, and uh, it, it just it happens over and over again. How are the Yankees playing? Can the Blue Jays expect their losing streak to continue? Um, I mean... Unfortunately, so the Yankees have been playing very well, and their starting pitching has been lights out, to say the least. I think they are now 39. The starting pitching that has now, I think, 39 scoreless innings. So the team is very hot. They're swinging the bat pretty well. They're still not at their uh, midseason form with their offense, but no one really is. So I don't – I mean, the Yankees, they just swept the White Sox, and because of how the sport is, do I think the Yankees are going to sweep the Blue Jays? I don't think so. So I think that maybe you might get a W, but I don't really see the Blue Jays taking a series. And I hate to say that to you and everybody listening, but I honestly think that's the case. The Yankees haven't lost a series in like almost a month. Well, you know, I can, I can embrace reality. I really can every once in a while. <laughs> so, Okay, so who is hot? I, I see, I mean, according to your Twitter, you're a self-proclaimed Alex Rodriguez historian. You're also, uh, you also talk a lot about Stanton on your account. Uh, who are the hot players right now in the Yankees lineup? Well, unfortunately, Stanton was very hot, but unfortunately he's on the IL. Two very predictable things about Stanton, being a hot hitter and being on the IL. But right now it's Judge. Judge has just been... Aaron Judge, healthy Aaron Judge. He's been unbelievable this season. He's just been consistent with uh, average and with power. He's getting on base. I mean, his on-base percentage right now is 407, which, as everyone listening knows, is insane. And he's just – when when Aaron Judge is healthy, he's a, easily a top-five player. So I think that that is going to be tough for the Blue Jays this, weekend, uh, this week. He's, he's been on fire. And a lot of other guys are starting to catch fire, too. Gleyber Torres just had a great series against the White Sox. Um, Gio Urshela has been steady and CJ LeMahieu has been steady and the team is just really starting to meet their stride and I am sorry if it happens at the expense of your team well uh, apology accepted um, the <laughs> when it comes to uh, one name you did not mention Odor um, I'm kind of happy oh. you didn't mention that name but how has he been for your team? I saw at least once he was batting third in your lineup. Is that true? Yes. Our, our lineup has been pretty crazy uh, over the years, especially this year. Who would like to switch it up? He actually just came off the IL recently. He um, 
hurt his knee a few games ago against the Astros, and he just came back in the lineup. He had a few clutch hits, a few clutch plays. He's still, you know, he's he's been okay. I think he'll he'll obviously get better, but I and and you you'll like this. I was watching live um, that 2015 Game Five of Blue Jays versus Rangers when Batista hit that home run. That was awesome. And then, of course, the next year when Odor sucker punched him in the face seven months after that play. Um, I've hated Odor since then because I love that home run from Jose Batista. I love that bat flip. It's one of the most iconic moments in, in Major League Baseball history and will continue to be. And I thought that that was a cheap shot on Odor. I thought that he was a baby. But I should thank him because that was the moment that sparked my want to share my opinion on things. I, forever I've been just telling my fiancé things when we watch games. And then I decided that moment, when he punched him in the face, that moment is what made me want to start writing my opinion and then sharing my opinion online. So I've sort of warmed up to Odor a bit. That plus he's now on my team, so I have no choice. <laughs> well, I want to just add a little bit more to your Odor history. And are you familiar with what happened the following um, ALDS when the Rangers were facing the Blue Jays again? And that time they dropped three straight and they won the series on Odor turning a double play, but making a bad throw to first base. Moreland had to come off. Josh Donaldson dashed home, scored just before the tag. And that's forever known as the Donaldson dash. And that completed or um, completed the, the series win, but also a still active six consecutive game win streak that the Blue Jays have against the Texas Rangers in postseason baseball. Were you aware of that? No, and it's a shame that the history of the Blue Jays and the Rangers postseason beef has seemingly ended at the punch because I did not remember that at all. It's uh, Odor is just a, a walking example of poetic justice. I mean, it just it just keeps coming back to punching him, and and even at one time, I I think it was during 2016 season, maybe it was after, but he even tripped and fell out of the batter's box in Rogers Center, and all the booze turned into just laughter at him, and he had to get up and dust himself off from the artificial dirt or whatever's there. But anyway, um, yes, so I'm glad that we can we can gather around that and. And uh, I'm just kind of <laughs> glad that he's not doing it exceptionally well right now. Um, just no, as not. Can I just, uh, a couple more things before we go. One is, so your prediction for this series, what are you thinking, two out of three for the Yankees? Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe here, and I'm going to say two out of three. Who, who is impressing you on the Blue Jays so far besides uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is leading the major leagues in... Uh, home runs, war, and doing the splits at first base? I mean, Marcus Semien, he's been surprising because he wasn't the story coming into this year. You know, the Blue Jays had so many other players, the young guys, and they signed Springer. So Semien was kind of a, a low-key great pickup by them. And I think that he's surprising probably even himself, and I'm sure some Blue Jays fans as well. Excellent. Well, I think we, we agree with you on that. Um, one final thing. So uh, Astros, Yankees. It's just kind of fun seeing you engage with Astros Twitter on um, when the Yankees and Astros are playing each other. Can you just give some comment on, on that relationship that you have with uh, Astros Twitter? 
You know, since as as you know, since I'm the the self-titled Alex Rodriguez historian, I have a different perspective as far as you know, uh, quote unquote, cheating in baseball is concerned. And as soon as the news came out about the Astros, I've been trying to tell Astros fans that they should just own it, own it, own it, and then it can't be used against you because you can't change what happens. So you might as well just own it, and this is never going to leave the lore of your team. It's, it's going to follow the laundry. It doesn't matter that no one on this, you know, from 2017 will be on the team anymore. This is always going to be something that's brought up. So because of that, I've, I've met a lot of great friends on Astro Twitter, and we have a, a really fun relationship, and it made that series a lot of fun because playing the Astros in the past, before I forged these relationships, wasn't as fun on Twitter because I hated Astros Twitter. But now it's uh, our relationship is good. As of now, we're, we're very friendly. But who knows what happens if we meet in the uh, twenty twenty one postseason? Excellent. Well, everybody, uh, make sure that you follow Emily on the Twitter. M she does it. Subscribe to her podcast, Breaking Balls uh, podcast, and wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, Emily, I would like to say good luck this week to your team, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's not really the time or place for that right now. For I mean, we're desperate. We're desperate for a W, so I can't do anything on this podcast that could possibly contribute to the Yankees' success. But uh, thank you for joining me, Emily, and uh, I hope our paths cross in the future. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, and I wish you good luck this weekend because you're going to need it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Have a great evening.